Hey, hi. Welcome to Someone Else's Movie, the original podcast where an actor, writer, director, or nebulous industry figure gives a little love to a movie they didn't make. I'm Norm Wilner, senior film writer for Now Magazine, and this is The Other Thing I Do. My guest this week is Jay Baruchel, an actor you know from two decades of vivid performances in movies and television shows like Undeclared, Almost Famous, Million Dollar Baby, This is the End, Man Seeking Woman, The Goon Films, which he co-wrote and co-produced. He also directed the second one, Last of the Enforcers, and of course he was the voice of Hiccup in the How to Train Your Dragon movies and television spin-offs, and he's fantastic in those. Last week, he released his second directorial effort, Random Acts of Violence, an adaptation of the comic book by Jimmy Palmiotti and Justin Gray about a creator of horror comics confronting a wave of brutal murders inspired by and possibly connected to his own work. It's not what you think it's going to be. Jay picked Tyrannosaur, the brutal 2011 drama that marked the directorial debut of the actor Patty Considine, starring Peter Mullen as a violent man who finds himself drawn to an abused woman played by Olivia Coleman. It's a harrowing and unforgiving portrait of rage and compassion. And as you'll see, it really hit home. This is someone else's movie. <clears throat> few, few movies have, uh, for lack of a less uh, hokey or pedestrian term, few, uh, affected me uh, as, as directly and consistently uh, as Tyrannosaur in my adult life. Um, it, it was weird. I, I saw it. Um, I saw it at TIFF, but not at TIFF. What I mean is I was at TIFF for something and I forget what movie it was, but I was in my hotel room and, um, and I had some time to kill and I put on Tyrannosaur. <laughs> and, okay. and it was something I watched, I think between interviews, maybe. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> and, um, and God damn, I, I thought about it every single day for, for pretty much the next year. And when I first watched it, like, it's obviously a deeply uh, confrontational film. And, yeah. and, and, and not, not pleasant, nor is it intended to be those confrontations. And so my, my, my immediate reaction to it was, um, yeah, discomfort and, and, and displeasure, and it made me mad. But it ended in... what. What what I think is a, a, a that rarest of things. It ended in a sincerely beautiful way, and afterwards, I remember saying, "Well, God, I don't know the next time I'm going to watch that thing is," and it stuck in my head, and I kept thinking about it every single day, and then you know I went on and watched a bunch of other movies and consumed media as one does, and nothing stuck around like that. And I found myself a year later still thinking on it and asking myself the questions that the movie asks, it, you know, of its audience and of its characters. And I just found myself kind of, uh, even hokier uh, term, meditating on it a great deal. And then, and then I, I sort of, yeah, then I, I did the thing I didn't think I would do, which is I watched it again and again. And I, you know, if I could find someone to watch it with me, which was sometimes a big ask. Like, <laughs> yeah. I felt, I felt a responsibility 
an immoral obligation to let them know what they were about to see. <laughs> no, I've, uh, I've had those situations and it's awkward, right? It's like you're going to see something that's really overwhelming, but I think it'll be worth it in the end. But how that, do you like how do you sell people on something like that? Basically, I let them know it's going to be really, really harsh and it's going to um, it's not going to be an easy watch, but that trust me as as hard as it gets that it will end in a truly um, hopeful and, uh, and sincere way. Because I think that the ending of that movie ultimately says some really beautiful things about the human condition. Um, it just makes you earn the fuck out of them. <laughs> like, yeah, that's a, that's to, a really to, good way to put it. To get, to get there, I think. And, and, I, rem and the, the, I think one of the things that I kept thinking about the most is I remember when I was a kid reading a quote about, it was like a George Lucas quote about lazy storytelling. Um, and it was something that's a, a lot of moving parts as a sentence, but, but, sure. I, I, um, but, but he, he was making a point about how um, it's, it's really easy to make an audience hate a villain. First time they're on screen, have them kill a kitten. Right. And I was like, to have a movie where the protagonist kills a dog in the opener and I still take the journey with him and give a shit about what happens. Fucking hell. That's yeah. like, I, how, you know, and, and, and I was like, and it was all compounded by the fact that I was already a big fan of Considine as an actor since Romeo Brass. Sure. And, and, and I, I had, you know, so I, 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 he was one of my favorite guys to watch. And then when I saw that he got to, to make a movie like this, I was like real psyched. And that's the, the last kind of thing I want to say about that initial reaction is, is I was utterly floored at how um, confident and restrained and assured uh, a first film this is, you know, I, yeah. I, um, God, it, it, it's, he has such a sense of his own voice um, and with, with no runway leading up to it, you know, like it often takes people a few movies to find their voice the way that he found it in his first one. Yeah, it's, um, it's a really, I had a, a completely opposite experience of, of watching it than you did because I saw it and then immediately interviewed Considine at TIFF. Mm -hmm. And so I got to expunge it. I got to ask all those questions and, and sort of, deal with the, 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 the meanings and the, and the tension and everything and just get it all out. But my favorite part of this story, and no one believes me, but it's true, I even put it in the piece, uh, is that the day before, I saw the film like a couple of days before the interview was scheduled. And then the next day I was at Silver Snail just because I was around the corner from, the, the old location was down by, by TIFF at the Scotiabank. Right. And I'm around the corner as so I drop in because the new Buffy comic was out and I am that guy. And Considine is there buying Japanese toys, like just an armload with this big idiot smile on his face. And so I sit down the next day and I'm like, that was you, right? You did, you were buying this. It's like, oh yeah, I love that stuff. I always come to Silver Snail when I'm in Toronto. And it's like, Tyrannosaur is how he gets to be that person. He gets it all out. <laughs> Tyrannosaur gives you full Kawhi license. Yeah, it's a, it's a purgative. And he, he said, like, um, I have the, I picked up the Blu-ray in the UK because, again, I wasn't sure I'd ever watch it again, but I wanted to have it just in case. Mm -hmm. um, 
And there's a booklet in the book in the UK release where with director statements and artist statements, and it's it's just it's great. It's this comprehensive package. And Considine says, like, this is a movie he made to understand his father and empathize with his mother. Right. And that also puts so much of it in context, right? I mean, we're we open with yeah, with I have this rule about Peter Mullen, which is that if you see him show up in a movie, things never get better. This is the one movie that breaks <laughs> that rule. That's that's a pretty strong rule of thumb. That's definitely it's, borne out by the by the Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I mean think about like Children of Men, three quarters into the film and you're like, This something's gotta get better, and then Peter Mullen pulls up in a tank and you're like, Oh fuck. It's no. about to get a bit more harsh and grizzled. Yeah. yeah. No. So that that's exactly that's such a that that that's precisely it. And <laughs> and he is such a bastard in that movie. And I still adore him. I adore that character. And and I and 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 you and it does. It makes you. Um, it makes you feel that. Those great contradictions that I think a lot of movies just like so, movie storytelling seems to really likes to be or or people like it to be it seems to uh, um, really simple and often binary. Sure. And and I find that you know a characterization like like his in Tyrannosaur is exactly what it is to be a human, which is you're going to have people in your life who fall into at the very least a gray area. You can have affection uh, for somebody and really resent them, you know, and, and, and it spoke to me because, you know, the, the kind of uh, cycle of, um, of violence and then guilt is something that I grew up around in a big way. Um, you know, I, I was lucky that my dad uh, never hit my mom. Um, but I think that's because his dad hit his mom until my dad was old enough to kind of stop it. But he was still a really, really uh, temperamental, often angry man. And he lived uh, to fight in, in bars and to fight anybody. Um, and I would see him lash out. So even if he's not hitting my mother, a guy like that is not like, blessed with always the best people skills yeah, <laughs> so yeah, yeah i and i'd i'd be used so even if he wasn't hitting any of us he'd still be a mean bastard and, and yell and lose his shit and then um yeah and then and then feel bad for it and 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 it's it's a it's a cycle i've seen again and again replay itself in uh in a whole bunch of men throughout throughout my life and and then it's it's you know it's uh and and then i worry about like is it something i inherit too so so you know just a, a the, the the cycle of temper and guilt i think of eruption and guilt and you know and 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 anything that makes me think about that stuff and allows me to see my father and uh and all the contradictions that that comes with you know that that's like Rare, rare is the movie that sort of tests me and gets me thinking and 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 because my, my dad's a perfect example of somebody that I have yeah an equal amount of um, issues with but I also adore the man you know and and so it's hard not to see him when I watch that movie and also I had never seen Olivia Coleman in anything before I saw that movie and really that was like my intro to her and 
I was like, the, to me, that was the best performance I'd seen in anything in about a decade. Um, and the other best performance was his, was Mullins. And, and, um, and it also, I'm sorry to go off on this tangent. But no, it, please. It, 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 um, it moved me because it spoke to another piece of me, which is, so my dad was Jewish, but my mom was uh, Catholic and I, and I was really raised around her family more than my father's. And I, you know, and, and that, that's just how it ended up happening. And I ended up in Catholic school and, you know, my mother felt obligated to, to, you know, make sure that we understood and, and, and respected and, and experienced dad's side. Dad didn't really care one way or the other. His faith was his faith. But I, I, I mention this because um, one of the big kind of deciding factors, uh, one of the big pieces in me that influences and informs everything is uh, a very kind of uh, deeply Catholic sense of yeah of of shame, um, and then the and then the the beauty of forgiveness, and and this is something that is kind of drilled into you when you go to church and you're in Catholic school is that like um, nobody is 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 beyond uh, forgiveness, um, and that that like anybody can be a good person um, if if they seek redemption, and and that movie says that to me and in a in a in a really authentic not sort of syrupy or um or exploitative way it's a it, it's and so so anyway so i i whenever i can see so something like that lands lands really heavy for me because i i think it's it's irresponsible to just say what's wrong with the world without showing how it can be good or beautiful or better yeah, that, first of all, that wasn't a tangent at all. That was absolutely relevant. Uh, and yeah, it's. I was going to say, um, my take on the film is that I, I, I had originally, well, well, like when I talked to Considine, we we talked about the the history of British cinema and miserableism and the way that there are things that there are traps you can fall into, right? Which yeah. he doesn't. Um, but that's a good point. Yeah, and he pointed out that it was absolutely different. He doesn't see it as related in any way to Loacher Lee because there's no social realism in it. It's just about the people. And yeah. and yeah, and as a result, I think it's a much more actively even though I don't think the church is ever mentioned either. I guess there is a there's a charity shop kind of feel to it. There there's a sense a of community. Yeah, she mentions Christ in prayer, but that or the Lord, but that's yeah. about it. But he doesn't go to like there's no big speech, there's no big church no. moment, but it is a really catholic movie. Like or I or C of E maybe, like it's wrestling with a lot of that stuff. I, I think so. I, I think it's like, I, I certainly knew that I, I or felt that it um, dovetailed with all of the good and bad that I feel towards that church. Um, I can't go to that church um, for a bunch of reasons, uh, but not the least of which is, uh, A, they believe my dad went to hell just by virtue of being Jewish. Um, sure. And... and uh, and 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 B, they they betrayed generations and generations of their flock, of their yeah. weakest, most needy of their flock, and and I can't suffer that. However, I'd be lying if I said to you that I don't still to this day get a great deal um, of edification and merit from it. Um, there is, for whatever reason, there is no place on earth I feel more safe than in the Catholic Church. Um, it, it also, I pray every time I fly it, it, so, you know, 
it, it it's informing in ways that I probably can't even put my finger on, but I also it it um I am deeply angry with it as well. And it's responsible for me um yeah, hating myself in a large way. And and in addition to just being like sort of um taking issue with where it's at, it's also it's done as much good as harm to me as a person. And and that movie kind of reflected that. I, I really saw the uh, the best stuff that can come from it, um, but I also saw what it can do to people. And and this and and because also that that cycle, I'd argue that Catholicism informs that cycle. Because so long as you can be forgiven just by repenting, um, that kind of there's a there's an implication of a of a slippery slope of carte blanche, you know, and yeah. and. But at the same time, I don't think forgiveness is a nonsensical concept. And I do believe in better betterment. And I think that people can become better and all that stuff. So anyway, so I, I think you, it is, I, yeah, like you said, I think it is a deeply Catholic movie. Yeah. But the difference to me is that it implies that forgiveness is hard. Like it's yes. work. You, like God might forgive you, but that's not what he's worried about. He's got to deal no. with the people in front of him and yeah, the world that he lives in. Point. And, and yeah, because it's it's harsh as hell. His 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 buddy's daughter, his buddy that's dying, she doesn't let him off the hook once. Yeah, he keeps he keeps trying to get that from her, and she won't give it to him. And because it's also something that like it, it 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 asks an interesting question, which is something I've seen in my life with a bunch of different men, which is like um, violent men who become softies as they get older. Um, and that's the sort of that's biology and chemicals doing the work for them and forcing the issue. You inherently get more mild as you get older, and and I wonder, you know, violent man that 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 wants to sort of patch things up later and 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 and, and realizes the people he needs in his life. You know, is that actually him accepting what he's done, or is that the bio, by his biology forcing the issue upon him? You know, and 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 I. And I see that kind of exemplified in those moments with his, his, his dying friend's daughter, who he keeps trying to kind of connect to her in a base kind of um, commiserating way, the way you do at a wake, the way you do at a funeral, where there's like an unspoken thing that we're not going to talk shit about each other or the person that mourned, and we're just going to talk about nice things. And and she won't let him have it. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's like a super ballsy, brave truly real thing to do in the movie yeah it's the time that Considine takes to sit in things right like to just sort of make us share that discomfort and awkwardness uh and we haven't even mentioned eddie marsan yet but he is like if anybody's a sinner in the film he's the monster oh, but yeah. it's just such a a horrible unforgiving portrait of that man yeah. who is like it's necessary dramatically to see how Coleman could be driven to someone else who is potentially just as bad or, yes. or just as ruined by Absolutely. his life. But Marcin has this, uh, I don't know if you've ever met him, but he's like the sweetest human being on earth and he's like, yeah, his face is cherubic, right? I've never you, met him. Yeah. He's a lovely guy. And he has this, this, these, these eyes that just speak to empathy and to watch him turn it off for this movie is just unnerving from the start or, or use it in a different way. Cause I think that's part of what makes him such a, such a strong 
such a truly scary monster is that you understand because also you, you you a you understand how she fell for him in the first place you mm. understand how he exists in the worlds he exists in because also he does have his he goes through that same cycle of eruption and then seeking forgiveness with her oh yeah he beats, he beats the piss out of her and then talks about how shitty he is and how he knows he's shitty and he wants to get better right and um and it's all you know i i don't know that it's nonsense when he's saying it but it ultimately ends up nonsense because he is who he is and he has no interest in changing um and then and then the movie you know it tricks you into thinking it's going to let you scratch that easy revenge itch that you're that she's going to or save your itch that, yeah. that you know she she's she's caught between two pieces of shit but our piece of shit's going to beat up his her piece of shit and and no yeah. no he he doesn't let us get that and and he shows us what this fucking shit does to people and 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 it's this heartbreaking thing of a woman who wants nothing but good she wants nothing but good and love and happy and she puts it in there and she keeps putting it out into the world and the world refuses to let her have it and it breaks it breaks the fucking shit out of her. It, it right, and uh, Mullen just as much as her husband. You know, I I would argue, um, and then he sees, he sees it, and I think that it's like he he it's it's this sort of doubling down and and understanding that he because he really relentlessly tries to break the Christ and the, the the Christian and the believer and the hopefulness out of her. Yeah, yeah, and um. And then he does, and he realizes that that's the fucking last thing he should have done. Um, yeah, it 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 has it has some pretty important shit to say, I think, um, about um, yeah, about what we do, what we do to women, um, and uh, how we kind of yeah, the control structure dictates one of a few options for them and it doesn't necessarily always leave a lot of wiggle room and um and yeah i i just like utterly utterly heartbreaking utterly heartbreaking when 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 she snaps um it it is like yeah it's it's because i've known because that's the other thing is is you know it's it's easy to shit on any organized religion especially that one you know, and, and so I, but I also know, having grown up in it, that for every fire and brimstone, um, you're, a, you know, for every person that makes you feel like shit about yourself, and for every hypocritical priest that um, prayed on, prayed on altar boys, um, there's a bunch of people, like my grandparents, uh, who were devout, and went to church every Sunday, and were legitimately good people. And so it's, it's, it lands on me in such a, in, in such an impactful way. When I see her broken, that was like seeing somebody I care about who had, had, had no reason to stick around, but, but these beliefs and, and, and this faith allowed, um, allowed something of a spine or a fulcrum to rest their tenuous connection to reality. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I got away from them. Yeah, I I know the. I mean, I know a few people who are genuinely religious, and I think the worst thing about all of these church scandals is, is that it makes me question their motives. Like that, that you doubt the 
people who actually are trying to do good. Yeah, absolutely. The biggest tragedy is what happened. The second biggest tragedy is that it, um, yeah, it robs something that is meaningful in a sincere way. Uh, it robs it of legitimacy and it makes every, and it, and it leaves a lot of people out in the fucking cold, man. And, yeah. um, and I know a lot of Catholics who um, can never go back and, um, but, but they can't divorce themselves from the dearest memories of their childhood either. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's, that's every Christmas and Easter, that's first communion. Um, that's every wedding that's, you know, that, that, and, and cause for me, it's like this, I can never throw the baby out with the bathwater completely. Cause the best people I've ever known are my mom, my grandfather and my grandmother, and they were all Catholics. And so I, I, and I grew up going to church with, with them. So now that doesn't change anything. It just means for me, it's a bit of a complicated process and not, not something that I, it's not a, a limb I can easily, uh, easily amputate. Yeah. No, I mean, we all have the baggage of our youth, right? We all have what we thought, what we were told was right because we didn't know any better. And then we learned it. that everything's much more complicated. And I, I do wonder if making Tyrannosaur was his way of dealing with all of those things as well. Certainly his own personal, like his history, his family history, but also the world he was raised in. Cause he's, he played I, a, I a number of roles so. that, that engage with that. Right. Have you seen my summer of love? I haven't. No. Oh, he's in that. He plays a um, he plays a recent religious conversion, basically like a like a fanatical uh, Christian soldier, um, opposite Emily Blunt and oh, I can never remember the other woman's name. It's a uh, Pavel Pavlikovsky's first film. It's it's or second yeah. feature. It's fantastic. Right, right, it was right. that I, that and Romeo Brass came out around the same time, and that was my right. exposure to him. And he seems like he's getting there as an artist and also as a person because of the choices he's made, like the performances he's given. And also he's funny as hell, you know, like he's in hot fuzz with, with Coleman, which I think yeah. is the first time he pitched it to her. Oh, that's um, so cool. Yeah. Cause that's, they're both in the, so I have a, a slight, like a, a way less impactful, but also kind of a neat piece, uh, uh answer, uh, my own anecdote about the, uh, DNA of, of the creation of Tyrannosaur. So there, there's, oh, yeah. a, um, there's a, a really wonderful kind of musical interlude after they bury uh, his friend and it's everybody uh, drinking together at the bar. Mm -hmm. And uh, it is an authentic example of, of, of what a wake feels like. And, um, and as Damien Dempsey is the, the, the artist that plays the, it, it has played over, over that sequence. And what's super cool is, so I'm, <laughs> Uh, two, three years ago, we shot a movie called a movie Random Acts of Violence, and, yes. and my, my my driver on that movie is a lovely man called Jerome McCann um, from 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 Northern Ireland, and he's a big Damien Dempsey fan, and he was playing in the car, and I recognized the song, and I was like, wait, that was in Tyrannosaur, and he looks at me wide eyed, he's like, you know this song is in Tyrannosaur? I was like, <laughs> yeah. He's like, let me tell you something. He's like, you ten years ago. Years before Tyrannosaur was made, I was driving Paddy Considine on a movie here in Toronto, and I was playing this song in the car, and he asked what it was, and I told him who it was and what the song was, and then, lo and behold, a few years later, he makes Tyrannosaur and puts that song in the movie. <laughs> so, yeah, so it's a kind of a neat bit of, like, yeah, Jerome happened to be playing Dempsey in the car, 
Considine heard it and was like, oh, this is something special. And uh, at least that was what Jerome, that was the anecdote, but it's still like kind of a, a neat piece. I love, I look like, so when you told me that, you know, he probably first pitched it to Coleman on the set of Hot Fuzz, I live for those for that, <laughs> that, that that's in, in the in the scope of movie history that that's my favorite kind of stuff yeah well and i believe too that he would be vacuuming up because it's his first feature right it's like your first novel where you put everything in he would be taking little bits and pieces from all over the world wherever he goes and he's you know as an actor as you know like you're in a perfect position to just go around and sponge up the world Ab- if you absolutely and and a film is an inherently collaborative endeavor Sure. It, it, you know, it's not a novel. A lot of directors treat it like it's their fucking novel, but it isn't. And it should have the fingerprints of everyone involved on it. And and there and so that's that's the most special thing in the world when when you can get a piece that didn't occur to you from someone else and you see it can inform and, and increase something you're doing. That's that that's the that's the most special thing. But yeah, I I, I think you're right about what he's unpacking. I, I certainly saw all that stuff, and and for me, you know, uh, from 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 growing up, you know, we did five years in Oshawa, and that was when my family was at our poorest. And um, between the men that I grew up seeing, uh, and the church that I grew up going to, and and then you know my father as a yeah as a violent man i i i certainly saw a lot of my life and childhood in that movie so i can only assume that he's unpacking um even more of the same shit yeah well and to that end it it felt like there's a lot of personal maybe bruising is a word that i can use for random acts of violence it feels like you're you're dealing with there is some domestic stuff in the flashbacks and the way that you handle it is kind of unforgiving um in, and the depiction of violence is, I, I don't know how many people will have seen this by the time we talk, so I want to be vague right. about it, but but there is a progression to the way that violence is depicted in the film, that it's yeah. it's awkward and brutal and, and it's not stylish. It's stylized right. towards the end, Thank but it's not, it's not pleasant for the audience in any way, and, and it feels like you're really dealing with what pain is instead of thank you you know yeah it's uh, yeah well i'm glad you noticed that because that was something we went we took great pains to do we 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 really um i wanted to uh i wanted to take the entertainment out of it for a few reasons um the, the the there's my there's there's my sort of intellectual bleeding heart and moralizing arguments reasons for it there's also a very utilitarian one. My, my sort of personal ones are, yeah, I think that um, it's, I didn't, I didn't want to make a, the movie that we made with the dialectic that we kind of attempt in it um, and then, and then undo it, all of it um, by making something sort of outlandish and over the top. And, um, you know, I, 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 the whole thing is about a guy having to uh, lie in the bed he's made. Mm. He's trafficked in the victim experience and mined it and uh, and wallowed in it and exacerbated it and crystallized it for the sake of, like, he would call it his artwork. Others may not. And I want to say, what is someone who traffics in victim exploitation? What does it look like when they have to become one? And, and, and it should be deeply unpleasant. And it shouldn't, because... 
in real life, if ever you've been out and about and a bar fight happens or a car wreck happens, the biggest thing it does is it robs us of the music of the social contract. We all have kind of an a end of the bargain to keep up. I pay taxes, I queue up, I hold the door open, I walk at this pace, not at that pace. Sure. I don't cut someone off, all this shit. And then a car wreck or a bar fight happens and that music stops. And it's now playing at its own fucking music that none of us can hear. And even the people involved in it can't hear because it's improv and you don't know how long it's going to go on for, which connects to the utilitarian reason to do it like that, which is if I, you know, watch something crazy happen to a body that can't actually happen in real life, um, I'm feeling a lot of different things. I'm feeling adrenaline. I'm feeling shock. I'm like my, you know, but I'm not scared. There's nothing scary about that. You know, it, it's, it, it's like, holy frig but it's not like you know I, I i think about watching a movie when i'm legitimately scared it means i'm questioning whether i should continue watching the bloody thing that's yeah. actually scared and that's you know so that's the utilitarian reason to do it that way um but i also was trying to fucking articulate some shit that i'd lived through and know people that had gone through and um it's an unpleasant thing. It's a deeply horrendous, unpleasant thing. And so I wanted it to, I'm so happy you noticed it was fucking clumsy because that was the biggest thing was I want to bury the choreography as best as possible. I want it to be a start stoppy, um, clumsy, uh, instinctive. And also because what are the control dynamics, the power dynamics in a kill in a horror movie? Well, they, they, they stem from the killer monster up down. And if the killer and or monster, whatever you want to call it, if he is as prey to his own emotions as his victims are, if he doesn't know what the, where the fuck he's going to go, well, then you're dealing with a rabid dog. And, 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 and boy, you have control is, the, the, is, is so far away from it because you're just trying to figure out what the hell the next thing is going to be, right? And, and so it's also, as I'm sure you saw, there's also a whole bunch of Catholic shit in there too. I and, noticed a little, yeah. <laughs> I don't have quite the reference, but I got some of it. <laughs> but, but, you know, it's, it's, um, cause that's the other thing. Catholicism is a deeply gory religion. You, yeah, you body and blood. Child, you grow up, you grow up seeing artwork and iconography, um, of torture and, and, and you know, like you, you see Christ mutilated from your earliest memory onwards, you know, and they, and they, and they drill it into you that he wasn't just mutilated, he was tortured. And, uh, you know, and so this kind of like, it's, it's, it's hard for me to kind of separate gore um, from awe and majesty. And, and, and that doesn't make it pleasant. That doesn't make it pleasant. It just makes it impactful. Yeah, I think you found a really good one. I mean, there's a moment, maybe I'm going to say 20 minutes into the film where I started, again, not to say anything about the plotting, um, where I realized, oh, this isn't, the movie's not going to behave. Like, this isn't going to oh, cool. take the path that I thought it was going to take. And now mm. I'm off my footing and I don't know what's going to happen next. And that was, it was jarring. And I wish, oh, I wish I could see this with an audience just to feel how they react. Oh, but cool. it is so, it's a risk that might not pay off. And so, to to watch this thing fishtail consciously 
through its tone is yeah. was really interesting. And and was the film the kind of like do you feel like you got the same thing out of making this that Considine presumably got out of Tyrannosaur? Does do you feel oh. like you're on a different path now? Or an exorcism? Cool. Yeah, well, that's so nice of you. That's a really cool question. I I know that uh, I'd like to think so, but I also, you know, I treat every movie as feast or famine, and I and I never. It's it, I, it's always an if. I I don't assume anything. So all I know is I got to make the movie that I wanted to make that and and um and that's a rare thing. And, um, and that nobody, because it was the right size, it was just big enough that we had enough, barely enough resources to do something, but not big enough that anybody was breathing down my neck. And right. so that meant that, you know, and at the urging of my artistic conscious, Kareem Hussein, we really just decided, you know, we took the approach, we never might never get to do this again. So we might as well just do the thing we think we should do. And, and the thing I'm most proud of for whatever it's worth, is that people have a hard time describing this movie, even the ones that like it. <laughs> and yeah. that's like, how often does that happen, man? You know, and 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 I'm like that in itself. I'm I'm happy that I made something that I think is like confrontational and and honest, and and I think it's also um, leaves ideally it leaves people with some questions. So I'm I'm deeply proud of it, and it is like if nothing else ever, if I never get to make another movie, I got to give the world an example of my subconscious, um, <laughs> you know, as true an example of it as I've, I could ever muster. That's uh, that's a pretty good explanation of it. I mean, that's a good way to describe it. I just wonder how many people will be able to see, like not to see it, but to share it. Like with, with like it, it, this is what you were saying about Tyrannosaur, right? Like how do you explain what you're about to show people? Yeah. And I just try to tell you know, that that that's exactly it. And I and so we we what what's end, what's what's so far ended up happening with audiences um, is exactly what I had hoped, which is if they don't dig my flick, they absolutely hate it and question my right to make a movie. <laughs> and that was what I wanted. If 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 somebody fell asleep to this movie on Air Canada, I, I would be heartbroken um, beyond repair. And the people that dig it dig the stuff that I dig about it. And that's the coolest thing I can say about it. My thanks to Jay Baruchel, whose second feature, Random Acts of Violence, is available on digital and on demand right now in Canada and coming to the U.S. and the U.K. August 20th. Keep an eye out for it. And thanks to Kate Parks. She knows what she did. You can find Jay on Twitter at NDG, all one word, and you can find Tyrannosaur on DVD from Strand Releasing in the U.S. and Alliance Films in Canada. It's also streaming on Hoopla and Canopy in the U.S., and on Hoopla and Amazon Prime in Canada. If you have a region-switchable player, the U.K. Blu-ray is terrific, and it's really cheap at Amazon right now. As always, you can find me on Twitter at Norm Wilner, and elsewhere on the internet at NowToronto.com, where I host a bunch of podcasts, as well as writing about film and television. Go check that out! And you can find this podcast on Twitter at Semcast, S-E-M-Cast, and on the web at SomeoneElsesMovie.com. Our theme song is by The Last Year. If you like it, or the show in general, please say so. Leave a review on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or wherever you've been enjoying us. Every little bit helps. It truly does. And check out the other shows on the Frequency Podcast Network. They're good. Stay inside. Watch movies. Wear a mask. See you soon. <laughs>